electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Bring in show music, please. This is Squawk Pod. I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. Today on our podcast, you do not want to miss this interview. Carlos Watson, CEO of the now infamous Aussie Media, speaks out. We have a real business. We have tried to market these very different franchises, about 25 in all. We've tried very hard to market them well. I would tell you that one of the mistakes we made is that sometimes we were too aggressive in marketing. Unpacking the mistakes and mistruths that led to the company's spiral. The producer actually said to you specifically that you were lying to the staff about the fact that this show was supposed to be on A&E and then apparently lied again when you said it was going to be a YouTube original. I I, I disagree. I don't think that's true. But why did they believe that it was a YouTube original? Why were they telling me, by the way, that it was a YouTube original? Did Carlos Watson fool investors, the media, and his own staff? The things that you say you own because you were the leader, you own it because people under you were doing things you didn't know about or people under you were doing things that you did know about. Becky, that's such a broad question. No, I'm trying to be specific. I mean, it's right for a leader to say it happened on my watch, it's my fault. But is it your fault because you didn't know or your fault because you did and you didn't stop it? And our Squawk Box team digs through the archives to keep the story straight. I think the question is whether there's a pattern and series of mistakes. I'll raise another one with you. Sharon Osbourne, you made a comment on this program, by the way, saying that she was a friend and investor in the comedy. Uh, I, I didn't say she was a friend. <laughs> I think we can probably go back and get the tape. Spoiler, we did. It's Monday, October 4th, 2021, and a very lively Squawk Pod begins right after this. Stick around. This episode is brought to you by AARP. Ten years from today, Lisa Schneider will trade in her office job to become the leader of a pack of dogs. As the owner of her own dog rescue, that is. A second act made possible by the reskilling courses Lisa's taking now with AARP to help make sure her income lives as long as she does. And she can finally run with the big dogs. And the small dogs, who just think they're big dogs. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Welcome back to Squawk Pod from CNBC. Ozzy Media, the digital startup that went pretty high profile last week, announced late Friday it was shuttering, closing its business and its general news website, podcasts, newsletters, and YouTube video series, The Carlos Watson Show, hosted by the company's CEO. But is it closing? Or is there another chapter to this complicated story? 
As you probably heard through whatever your media news grapevine of choice is, Ozzy's COO and also co-founder, Samir Rao, impersonated a YouTube executive on a conference call with bankers from Goldman Sachs who were considering putting $40 million into Ozzy. This revelation in the New York Times just one week ago brought tremendous scrutiny to Ozzy, the size of its audience, its claims in marketing materials, and possibly to investors. Ozzy had raised about $80 million over the past eight or nine years from financial institutions, from individuals like philanthropist Lorene Powell Jobs, and from hedge funder Mark Lasry. Lasry had been chairman of the board at Ozzy, announced just a few weeks ago on Squawk Box until late last week. His departure followed really a mess for this company. The high-profile withdrawal by venture capitalist Ron Conway, another investor, the resignation of former BBC anchor Caddy Kay, who was developing Aussie projects, statements from former staffers that they were misled about where the flagship interview series, The Carlos Watson Show, would air. And in part, these staffers felt they misled guests who appeared on the show. So, after misleading blurbs and marketing materials, purchased views on YouTube, and a pretty lonely weekend, Ozzy's face and founder, Carlos Watson, is defiant. He says, this company isn't going away. And he answered questions from our Squawk Box team, Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Watson sat down at the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. Andrew kicks things off. Carlos, good morning to you. Morning. Uh, We have so many questions uh, that have been unanswered and I'm hoping you can help us with. The first, though. You you mind if I start at the top, though? Well, I think what you're about to say, because we just heard that and we talk about it as a collapse. Sure. On Friday, the company said effectively that it was going out of business. Said we're going to suspend operations and begin an orderly wind down. But over the weekend, uh, good conversations with investors, uh, with advertisers. I was warmly surprised to hear from a number of folks readers, viewers, others. And um, as embarrassing sometimes as it may feel to do, I realized that we were premature. I realized we have something special here. I think that there's a really good opportunity. And part of what last week showed me is not only that we have lots of things that we have to do to improve. We do. And I know we're going to talk about some of those today. But I, I very genuinely feel like we have a meaningful, important voice in what is maybe the most transformative decade and a half century. And I want Ozzy to be around and be a part of it. I want people to read our newsletters. I want them to watch our TV shows. I want them to enjoy our podcasts. I want them to come to our live events. I think all of that matters. Okay. For them to do that, if that's going to be the case, yep. they're going to have to trust you. And they're going to have right. to trust yep. the Ozzy brand. Right. So let's talk about that trust, because yep. I think there were so many questions yep. raised yep. Uh, by the reporting that, that was in The New York Times last week, plus lots of other reporting yep. uh, in other places. And let's just say this. Lots of Ozzy yep. was real. I, I, I just want to say that out loud, which is to say mm-hmm. the newsletters exist. The festival exists. Mm-hmm. The advertising exists. Mm-hmm. You've won an Emmy. That exists. Mm-hmm. But I think there's other questions about whether the numbers were inflated. Mm-hmm. We heard about this phone call mm-hmm. uh, between your co-founder mm-hmm. and um, Goldman Sachs, mm-hmm. apparently impersonating mm-hmm. somebody from YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've talked about the advertising mm-hmm. that suggested that, that said one thing, mm-hmm. uh, but the quotes necessar- didn't necessarily come from where they said they were coming from. I think we need to just try to the extent that you can clear the air or explain it. Sure. Let's do that. Sure. Let's start with this phone call, though, because that's yeah. what sort of set this whole thing right. off. Right. Your co-founder had a phone call with Goldman Sachs as you were trying to raise money and effectively took them off of a Zoom and then apparently started to impersonate with, an, with a fake email address as well somebody from YouTube. 
What happened? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I wasn't there. Um, but I do know that I got a call um, from uh, the YouTube folks after it uh, saying something strange had happened. And uh, we figured out what happened. Um, I immediately called back to the folks at Goldman uh, right away, not four days later, as I think someone wrote at one point. And, um, and look, it's heartbreaking. It's wrong. It's not good. It's not okay. I love Goldman. I work there. I've got a lot of friends there. Um, you know, to this day, several months afterwards, I'm grateful to them that, uh, you know, we formed a new advertising partnership. And so, you know, hopefully there was some sense of trust regained. But there, there's no doubt about it that that was not okay. And that fractured a lot of trust, not just there, but obviously you saw what happened in a very tumultuous week last week. But, but part of what was happening in that instance, from what I understand, is you had represented and the company had represented at one point that your show was going to appear originally on A&E, by the way, represented to me because I appeared on your show. And when I first got that email from the producer, it said this show is on, going to be on A&E with 95 million households. And I remember sitting down, actually, when I, did, when I was about to do your show, and I said to the producer in the, in the ear, I said, by the way, when does this air? Yeah. Thinking, airs on A&E. And she said something like, well, you know, we're, we're really leaning in hard to online media. This is actually a YouTube original. But what it now appears like is actually it wasn't a YouTube original either. And in fact, that was somewhat of what the discussion or the issue was with Goldman Sachs, that you were uploading these videos to YouTube. But a YouTube original is something where you say they've effectively commissioned the program. So, so, so lots of miscommunication in that. But I want to clarify that one because I think that that was definitely one where we lost a lot of trust. We originally conceived the show with A&E. You've seen the announcements that we have a, have a partnership with them, a multi-year right. partnership. You know we've done shows on A&E, on their sister network, History Channel, on Lifetime Channel, did good things. And originally during the summer, the conversation was with them. We created a sizzle reel together. We talked about which gas and things like that. And as the summer moved on, we realized that they were on a different timetable than we were, and so we shifted to YouTube. Now, in the back of our mind, we thought there still could be an opportunity for us to come back to them, but we clearly shifted to YouTube. I know that for you and for a number of other people, you got emails on that. That was wrong. I don't know whether that was a mistake or whether that was intentional, but whatever it is, that was but wrong. But the executive producer that you hired believed that he was making a show for A&E and, in fact, suggested on the record in the New York Times this week or last week that... The show that every time he was told that he wanted to call someone at A&E, he was told effectively not to. You know, I don't know about that, but I, I have to say this. Um, I made a really bad decision last week and I didn't respond to your text. I didn't respond to texts. Lots of other people I know. And I, I wish I had uh, engaged with the media, had good conversations, because I felt like after that piece, it was kind of like open season for people to throw whatever crazy half truth and put it out there. Now, to be really clear, some of the things that came out last week were mistakes that we made. And I know that we'll talk about those right. too. But that's a good example of one that I think that's true. That same producer you're talking about, the same producer who's texted me multiple times since then with multiple exclamation points saying, congratulations on the show bringing Matt Damon on. Congratulations on the show now appearing on Amazon Prime. So uh, look, there's no doubt about it that last summer, as the show started, we originally hoped that we were going to do it with A&E, and it ended up shifting to YouTube. And, oh, and, and right. I am sure that we did not communicate that well, and I own that, and that's a mistake. But, but you use the word half-truths. Yep. I think there's more than a half-truth or, 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 or a half-lie in that, which is the producer actually said to yep. you specifically yep. that you were lying yep. to the staff about yep. 
the fact that this show was supposed to be on A&E and then apparently lied again when you said it was going to be a YouTube original. I, 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 I disagree. I don't think that's true. So both pieces of what you're saying, which is the idea that he said to me that I was lying. Right. And number two, that I then said to the staff that it was YouTube original. Right. Clearly wasn't a YouTube original. I know what a YouTube original was. It clearly wasn't that. And let but me why be, did they believe that it was a YouTube original? Why were they telling me, by the way, that it was a YouTube original? I, I, I hope that it was only a mix up of words. Right. I hope that's all it was. It may not have been, but I hope that it was only a mix up of words. But, but and what I don't want to have obscured is that we didn't do one or two episodes of the show. We've done 200 right. episodes. And when Scarlett Johansson has come on, when Dr. Fauci has come on, when her has come on, when Mark Cuban has come on, when Malcolm Gladwell's come on. Hold on one second. Hold on one second. They come on knowing that they're coming on a terrific YouTube show no, that has a chance to reach a really dynamic the quali- audience. Nobody's disputing the quality right. of the program. Yeah. But by the way, you just mentioned this being on Amazon Prime, which became another right. issue, which were, is that you advertised it was, it was the first then. show. Uh, first talk show on Amazon Prime. You were uploading that show to Amazon Prime. I remember seeing that ad for the first time, thinking, wow, good for Carlos. Amazon Prime has commissioned him. That's amazing. And then I found out when I read the story that, in fact, you were just simply uploading it like anybody could. It's it's not. No, no, no. no, Time out, guys. Time out. And again, thank you for this time. I know we're going to spend a lot of time. Joe, you mind if I hit this first and then come to you? I'm just seeing it like a pattern, and I'm just wondering who is in charge that decided to disassemble. Let me answer that and let me right. come back there because okay. that also ties to the question of regaining trust and, and okay. there's a larger question that's a totally legitimate question so um to be really clear getting on amazon prime not everyone can upload it it's a very rare thing and the suggestion in one of the articles is just like any random yahoo can do that you can't do that you should talk to the folks at amazon and not believe some of the you know, not very good reporting about that. So it is a big deal. Number two, our understanding from them is that we were the only talk show. And part of what was special about that is that they hadn't done it otherwise. And they weren't in a place yet where they were willing to put their own money. But what they were willing to do in, in terms of a large upfront payment, but what they were willing to do and what they do for a few people is allow you to be part of Amazon Prime where you take risk and they take risk. And the more views you have, the more you get paid. But to put a fine point on it, they then asked you to stop advertising this point. Well, but they asked to stop advertising because what they said to us and what they said to me is because we are not convinced that we're definitely going to get in the talk show business. And if you advertise it like that, you're going to have lots of other people, their agents and everyone calling us. So they didn't say take it down because it's not true. They said take it down because we don't want you stimulating more pitches for us in a space that we haven't committed to yet. Let's see how you do. If you do well with the interesting guests you have, whether it's a Priyanka Chopra, whether it's a Mark Cuban, a Lloyd Blankfein, whomever, then great. And we'll see where we go from there. So Please, with all of these things, let's have the conversation, right, because we definitively made some mistakes. And, Joe, I know we want to have a larger conversation about whether mistakes were ingrained in who we are or whether, like a lot of young companies, we made mistakes. But that was the 20 percent, not the 80 percent of who we are. But let's go through all of these, because I think that's a super important point. We are on Amazon Prime. It's a very difficult place to get. There are only two ways to get in there. You can either get a meaningful upfront payment and they drive it, or for a few people, they say you're special enough, and if you want to take risk and we'll take risk, we'll do that together, and we bet on ourselves and we did it. And our understanding in talking to them is that we were the only talk show, and their hesitation about having it out there was not that it wasn't true, but that they didn't want to stimulate more demand. And so I want to clear that up, and I think that's important. I'm just wondering the, the aggressive marketing that yep. caused yep. 
uh, sort of to oversell, yeah. and you could call it aggressive, or some of it was downright just this falsehoods yeah. Uh, yeah. about where it, you know you buy some advertising somewhere, and then yeah. the entity suddenly the L.A. Times yeah. is, is saying, yeah. who who yeah. was that? Yeah. Who who because it happened yeah. again and again and yeah. again. But, do you have a head of, yeah. of marketing? We, we do, but, 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 but let me start with a macro place, Joe, and I'm saying this in order to address this and address it comprehensively because it's important. Right. Again, as you said before, and as you know, because I've been here with you before, we have a real business. We have real newsletters that millions of people get. We have real TV shows that people watch. We've won an Emmy. We have real podcasts that have been in the top 10 on Apple. We have real festivals that people come to. We have tried to market these very different franchises, about 25 in all. We've tried very hard to market them well. I would tell you that one of the mistakes we made is that sometimes we were too aggressive in marketing them, unequivocally. And I own that, not anyone else. I own that. That's my mistake. I'm the CEO. I'm responsible. That we tried our best. Now, do, if you're asking me, do I think that we got it wrong 50% of the time or 80% of the time? No. If you ask me, do I think we got it wrong 20% of the time? Yeah, we probably did, and that's on me, and I own that. And one of the things I hope will be true about going forward is that we'll be much better about that, much crisper about so that. So 80% of the marketing was, was true? I don't think that's true. It, it, well, wait, 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 why do you not think it's true? Again, I've, I've just, got, maybe I've, got, I've just heard of some of the best, the I, well, best well, ones. Well, I mean, yeah. look, it was an incredibly salacious week, and, and I do think at some point I hope you will invite me back to talk about the state of journalism. And I want to talk to Andrew and Becky about that, too. I thought last week there was, there was not only... Only real critique, and there was, right. and make no mistake about it, I own the things that we need to do better on data, the things we need to do better on marketing, the things we need to do better on leadership and culture. I clearly own that and clearly have thoughts about where we can go from there. But in addition to that, I thought there was a wild piling on that was inappropriate and that left you and a lot of other people saying, is this everything about Ozzy? Even right. Andrew, who, right. Andrew, I look back, you sent me a text after you were on my show. And you said, I've never had so many people tell me that they were watching the show. Where did you get that magic from? Do you remember sending me that text? I remember looking at the, I think what I said to you, I think. No, was, no, no. I, you, I, you I, I, it. I, I, I remember, I'm well, I remember being amazed by how many people were watching it. No, no, no. On, no, no. How many people were watching it on YouTube? You, you, you told me in the text, you said, and I'm happy to bring it up. We, you, we, you can. You, you, you said on the yep. text to me, and I'll, I'll read it here to you if you, if you like. You said to me. I, I was amazed at you, how many you, people you were said, watching it. You said to me, quote, yep. on August 29th at 7.54 p.m., you have a big audience yep. on YouTube. I keep hearing from various people who say they saw it. I keep hearing from various people who say they saw it. I'd love to talk to you. Right. So that's what you said. You keep hearing from people. So, look, I, I just I need you guys to be fair about this and thoughtful about this and not just go with this kind of runaway right. digital I, mob. Look, I know we, I, I, Becky's got a question, but I yeah. want to ask you one other, yeah. which relates to the newsletter franchise. One of the things you've talked about is having 26 million people yeah. getting this newsletter. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I don't disbelieve that you have 26 million addresses yeah. in your database. Right. You, you, can, you can buy some of those. You yep. can do some of that organically. Yep. But I also saw an investment deck that yep. you had. You, you can partner. Right? And you can partner. And I've partnered before on newsletter efforts but I, with the but New I York did Times see an investment, and Wired I saw and an investment deck that said that you had a 25% open rate mm -hmm. on those 26 million um, newsletters uh, subscribers. Mm -hmm. That is a very high open rate for what I don't believe is a fully organic list. Can you can you speak to that? Was it yeah. really? Do you really have a twenty five percent open we, we, rate we on twenty six million newsletters? We, we, we do not. But but I I hope what it said, and I don't know which deck you're referring to. I hope what it said is that for our best, most regular people, that it was twenty five percent. So of that twenty six million, 
The 10 to 12 million who are the most regular, I hope what it said is that we have a 25% open rate. I hope that's what it said. This, this was a deck for your, for your Series D, okay. which, which brings me to another question. Yep. The investors who invested after this now infamous call between your executive and Goldman Sachs, were they made aware of the call and the questions that have been raised that we're now talking about today? Uh, you know what? Because you know that that is fraught and there are a lot of questions, I'm not going to go into that. But I will say this, and I think this is really important. And when we talk about investments, you know this with private companies. When you invest in a private company, you don't just have one conversation or there's not one data point. You and I both know that it can be a three to 12 month process. You and I both know that you often, if you're the potential investor, you often have right. dozens of conversations, both ones that the company sets up, but also ones that you do yourself. And that there are lots of data points. And you go through that and you sink it all through. And I'm confident that all of our investors did. I'm confident that they talked to customers. I'm confident they talked to members of our team. I'm confident that they right. talked to other competitors. I'm confident that they consumed our newsletters and our TV shows and our podcasts. And many of them would come in the earlier right. days to our festivals as well. So I, I want to say that because I know we keep having this hey, conversation Carlos, just on that point, as though, though. As though on, sorry, on Becky, that, Becky, on can I just, yeah, but hey, Becky, I'm sorry, is, can I just say I just one want more to clarify thing? The, the, the point that you're making right now. We know that the situation, the conversation with Samir Rao, that that was a situation that you say where it was a mental break. Were, was there, were there any other occasions where investors were given misleading information in any of these conversations that you're talking about right now? Or was that a one-off event? Um, Becky, I, I hope and I, I hope and I believe that that was a one off event. Um, uh, I mean, it's a tragic uh, event. It's a horrific event. It's a wrong event. And um, and so I hope and trust that that was a uh, that was a one off. And so but but, but let me say something else, because I, I think, again, this is important. And it started at the beginning of the conversation, right. Andrew, like. I think it's completely inappropriate and not thoughtful, these kind of comparisons to Theranos. You and I both know that Theranos didn't have a real product. And again, you've been on my TV shows. You've seen the Emmy that we won. You've received our newsletters, right. or at least heard of it. No, no. So, 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 so I want to make sure that we have like a grounded, thoughtful conversation. And so investors who were thinking about us, considering us, getting to know us, by the way, we're also investing in other companies. They were investing in Reese Witherspoon's right. Hello Sunshine. They were investing in Business Insider. They were investing in, in The Atlantic and all sorts of other companies. And so these are people who aren't just sophisticated investors, but often investors who know the media space, maybe even right. better than I do. The point that Ben Smith made in today's column was, though, that it was a group think. It was everybody trying to be part of a club yeah. and that they actually didn't do their diligence at all. Yeah. So, so let, let's, what I'd say is that I think Ben Smith... Uh, uh, should never have had a chance to write this piece. Um, I've shared with a number of people before that two years ago, in August of 2019, Ben Smith sent an email to me and his then-CEO, Jonah Peretti, saying, I think you guys should get together for the purposes of talking about them buying me. We spent three months in conversation. They had me meet all of their top leaders, folks in marketing, folks in finance, folks in analytics. They went through our numbers backwards and forwards. They put together a joint presentation. And they made us, after the end of that, in November, right before Thanksgiving, spending all that time doing diligence, Joe, they made us an offer of nearly a quarter of a billion dollars for a company that Ben Smith now sets up as though it's a house of cards and it was just groupthink. How is that possible that Ben Smith, who's been in new media for that many years, kicked off a process, 
followed up with me, and they ended up making an offer for nearly a quarter of a billion dollars, $225 million, for something that they now say was groupthink and was made up. And when we said no to him once and said no to him twice, two weeks later, he quit, went to the Times, and his first column in March of 2020 was, I guess new media can't work. I guess I've got to join the Times. Just because it didn't work for him, not okay for him now to take a pot shot at us. And did he tell his editor that he was conflicted when he was writing about us? Did he tell his editor that he still owns lots of stock in BuzzFeed and that he tried to buy us? He didn't. I don't think that's okay. I don't think that's okay. I don't think he should have been able to write that piece and write the other pieces and create this false narrative that because Ozzy doesn't look like something he wants it to be, and because we said no to him multiple times. But clearly times, you're acknowledging that there are things that you, you and the company have done that are misleading. That were fair game for for a journalist to write about. A hundred percent. That we should have done better. Three of the areas, and there may be more than three, but we definitely should have been better with data because so many of the data tools only look at digital only, and we're not a digital media company. I call us a modern media company because we've got TV shows, newsletters, podcasts, and festivals. So we should have figured out that multi-platform data. We should have been better on the marketing. Joe, we got it wrong. It's not okay what we did. It's not. But I don't think it was 80 percent of the time. I think it was probably more like 20 percent of the time. Right. And I would tell you that there's some things around leadership and culture that I need to be better at and we need to be better. Carlos, at. can well, I Jeff, just can I just clarify I on that in. point? The things that you say you own because you were the leader, you own it because people under you were doing things you didn't know about or people under you were doing things that you did know about. Uh, Becky, that's such a broad question. And you know, that's such a broad question. No, I, I'm um, trying to be specific. But, but, but I mean, it's, 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 it's right it, for a leader to say it happened on my watch. It's yeah. my fault. But is it yeah, your you fault know, because it, you it, didn't it, know or your fault because you did? Fair. Let, 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 let me give you a couple. So one on the data, I should have figured out a third party um, uh, group that could have done not just digital uh, like Comscore does, because Comscore only looks at website traffic or mainly looks at website traffic. But even though it was hard, I should have figured out a solution, as I now have. And we have a third party that has done a preliminary look, and hopefully they'll finish up in the next couple of weeks. And we will share it broadly with people. And going forward, every month, we will share our data. We've got nothing to hide. We've got good things there. And so, yes, I own that. I didn't make sure that that happened. And I knew that that was critical to us. And we did the best we could. We did it piecemeal. But I should have had someone external, as an example, do it, do it consistently, and share it with people in an easy, consumable way. But I'm, I'm sorry, when we're talking about made up marketing numbers, did you know that was happening or not? I don't believe we had made up marketing numbers, uh, Becky. I don't believe we had made up marketing numbers. And so I've heard people say that repeatedly. But what it is, in my mind, is it's Ben Smith and people like him who only believe that what happens on Twitter and websites matter and discount newsletters and discount podcasts and discount TV shows and discount festivals. And so their belief is if you're not doing that, if you're not active on Twitter and doing snarky things on Twitter, then you don't have a real media company. And I I constitutionally reject that. In fact, a big part of the reason why we're going to continue in going forward is because I don't think it's a good world where the only kind of media companies you have are the kind of media companies that get Ben Smith excited. But what I, about I the rest to, of I us? I just want to say, because I asked you about the email opens before, and I'm looking at the deck. I'll show it to you right okay. here. 25% email opens. Aussie email average, 25% open rate, two time, 2.5 times industry and, and, and uh, 3% CTR. It doesn't have a star next to it that says just the people who are actively uh, engaged with you in some way. And you, you, know, you know, I need to look at that more closely, but, but let's make sure that, that we do something here, which is that I don't want, if you and I looked at any small company right. 
or any large company, we would find a handful of things that, that aren't great. Just, just to be right. really clear, we would. We would find him. Yep. And just because something is sloppy or stupid doesn't mean it's illegal, right? I just want to be really clear Look, about that. I'm not, I, I, I recognize mistakes can be made. Right. I think the question is whether there's a pattern and series of mistakes. And I think that is the, the larger issue. I'll, I'll raise another one with you. Sharon Osbourne, yep. uh, you made a comment on this program, by the way, saying that she was a friend and investor in the company. I, I didn't say she was a friend. So, I think we can probably go back and get the you, tape. You know what? Play the tape then. Please go ahead and play the tape. I don't know, if we, I don't, I don't tape. know if we have the you tape. You know what? Cue up right. the tape. No, no, this is an Obama-Romney moment. Cue up the tape. Fun fact, our friend uh, Ozzy and Sharon sued us briefly. Did they? And then we decided to be friends, and now they're investors in Ozzy. So here's what I said, and here's what is true. We have a wonderful Music and Ideas Festival that I've invited right. you to many yep, times. You Becky, you were going to come, as you recall, and you were going to do something. We had a conversation about that. You couldn't do it. We went back and forth with folks to try and see if we could get you to be a moderator of one of the things. And um, it's called Ozzy Fest. And Sharon Osbourne and the folks um, uh, said that that was too close to the name of something they did called OzFest. Right. They ended up suing us. We went back and forth. And the final resolution was that they would get stock in our company. They would ultimately right. get about 50,000 shares. And so I think on this show and maybe a couple of others, in my mind, people who own shares in our company are investors. But you do recognize that if you tell somebody they're an investor, they typically do that proactively. And you didn't say, hey, hey, by hey, the way, hey. they happen to get shares instead of cash. Andrew, I mean, there's, there's Andrew, a difference. Andrew, Andrew, there's a difference. Andrew, 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 no doubt that there's a difference. But also, if you put the blink test on this, the Malcolm Gladwell blink test. Do you think I'm really saying to serious investors, invest because Sharon Osbourne? Like, do you really think that's like a calling card? Like, seriously, is that a calling card? Like, just the blink test here. Do you really think that's what I was doing? Or do you think you and I were having a light moment and we were making a joke and I said that? I want to go back, if we could, to, to, to this, though. Yeah. Um, you're going to try to continue this company um, and, and, and keep going. Yep. And, and, it'll, and it'll be tough. And it, it, it will be tough. As you, as you said, we'll have to, Joe, we'll have to regain the, trust. The investors apparently have left the company. I mean, Ron Conway effectively said, I'm, I'm giving back the shares. And again, I need you, yeah. Andrew, as sophisticated as you are about this stuff. Like, you know that we've raised millions of dollars of capital and Ron right. Conway put in $50,000. And so for you to keep banding about Ron Conway. Uh, uh, it's uh, the first uh, time so, I mentioned his name. Hey, hey, hey but, but today, right. right? But you mentioned it before in the last week. So... For you to keep banding that about, like that's a substantive big decision, like that's not accurate. And that's what I meant before, Joe, about these things that are misleading. Right. So I'm sorry to see okay. him go. He's a terrific, he's a terrific well, investor. Why, why, did they, why did they abandon the company? If, if things are as, as good as you say they are, Mark Lazary, by the way, defended you initially. I think Carlos um, has been doing a phenomenal job. One of the things I've sort of found is you want to end up supporting people who you think are pretty unique and different. Carlos is that. I think Ozzy is that. Um, so that's why I've gotten uh, more involved. 72 hours later, he's gone. Yeah. Why? Um, Tell us about that conversation. Can't, then. Can't, can't speak to that except to say it's heartbreaking. Um, I, uh, I'm a big fan of Mark's. Um, uh, I've been lucky to get a chance to work with him. Uh, he was great as an investor and as a board member, as a chairman. He joined me here on this show, as you know, yep. uh, I think more than once. Um, he, he helped me with a number of our key uh, business development efforts. And, and so he was great. And I'm, I, you know, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I'm sure he and I both wish last week hadn't happened. I think we both 
felt like Ozzy had had some incredible momentum this year, which is part of the reason why he became chairman. I think we both hoped that a lot more will happen. But part of my opportunity going forward is to make sure that we build back stronger, that we create something that he and others can be proud of. And, you know, Joe, you probably remember Tylenol's situation years ago, Mm -hmm. right? And that was a moment of leadership. That was a moment when it looked like an important company was going to go away. Tim Burke. Uh, you remember that? I remember it well. And so, you know, look, at, at our best, and we, we may not get there, right? This is going to be hard. But at our best, this will be our Lazarus moment, right? At our best. And we may or may so, not get so there. So tell us, what do, you, what do you think you need to do at this point? By the way, you're going to have to get, I assume, maybe more, more investors, though I know you have some cash still yep. on hand. You're going to have to bring back the advertising community yep. to ultimately support this. And then readers and the public. Yep. So I, I think the first thing I have to do is, is think about my team. Uh, I and are they going to stay with you, by the way? I, you, mean, you know, that, that's a good question. That's a good question. Have you talked to them? I've talked to some of them. Um, obviously, this has all happened very quickly. Uh, it's a terrific team. They were as traumatized last week as I was, as heartbroken as I was. I mean, whatever you want to say, you and I both know that whenever you, you met people from Ozzy, they loved Ozzy. They weren't kind of going through the motions. It wasn't just another, like they loved Ozzy, right? And so, and so, but by the way, so, there were a number of reports last week yeah. from at least ex-employees mm-hmm. who clearly didn't love Ozzy. Uh, fair enough. Um, of, the, of the nearly 1,000 people we've hired over the last decade, part-time and right. full-time, from freelance reporters to software engineers to people doing our festivals, crews on our TV shows, and other folks, we did have people. And people ran with stories from, for example, one gentleman who we fired for lying multiple times, but they set him up and allowed his quote, Potemkin Village, or things like that, to run wild as though he was a credible source. I don't think that's okay, right? And so I'm happy to have conversations about that, and I'm happy to walk through that. But here's the bottom line. When you ask me what I need to do next, got to make sure that our team is in a good place, and that's not going to be easy, and you and I both know that. Have to make sure that we regain the trust of investors. That's not going to be easy either. Have to make sure that we deliver really premium products. At the end of the day, if we don't have a newsletter that people want to read, if we don't have TV shows that people want to watch, if we don't have podcasts that people put on their headsets and go for a safe swim, like, we don't have anything. If we don't have an Aussie Fest that you can come to, we don't have anything. So that's going to be important. And the last thing I would say that's going to ultimately be really important is we have to change. We're going to have to change substantially on data, on leadership and culture, on marketing. Carlos Watson, we very much appreciate you being here. You know what? I wish and, I'd, I wish well, I'd come last week. Boy, can I tell you that I do wish you luck. I really do. Thank you. Thank so, you. I hope I get a chance to come back. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Carlos. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks Joe. Carla. Thank you, Becky. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by AARP. Ten years from today, Lisa Schneider will trade in her office job to become the leader of a pack of dogs. As the owner of her own dog rescue, that is. A second act made possible by the reskilling courses Lisa's taking now with AARP to help make sure her income lives as long as she does. And she can finally run with the big dogs and the small dogs who just think they're big dogs. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. That's Squawk Pod for today. Thanks for listening. And please let us know what you think. You can tweet us anytime at Squawk CNBC. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Tune in weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 Eastern. Follow Squawk Pod wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you hear, you can rate this podcast or write a review on Apple Podcasts. I know, I tell you this all the time, but it does help other listeners discover what we do every day on Squawk Pod. Bring the smartest analysis, best guests, and other can't-miss moments from our three-hour morning show right into your ears. 
We'll meet you back here tomorrow. We are clear. Thanks, guys. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx.